It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, the perky blonde who's the talk of women's tennis and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Coach, how are you doing? I hope everything is going great for you this week. We have an exciting doubleheader for you. Yeah, that's right. We're actually doing two. Um, We are doing this podcast, which is episode 53. And then right along with that, you're going to want to go ahead and try to listen to episode number 54. They're doing them back to back. And the reason we're doing this is, uh, as we record this, it's summer. And so coaches have a little bit more time. They're trying to get a lot of different ideas under their belt to try to put into place for the following year. So we thought, why not do back-to-back episodes where we just talk to coaches just like you from all different levels with all different types of issues they're trying to solve. And maybe, just maybe, that will solve a problem that you have in your recruiting or your department, organization. Anyway, we wanted to do that back-to-back. And so that's what we're doing. And our first conversation, we're going to jump right into it because the conversation itself is about 45 minutes long and I don't want to take too much time here at the start just with me talking. I want to get straight into the conversation we had with this coach from a, a good-sized, smaller school, if I can term it like that, uh, who called with a couple of different issues. Uh, it started off with the problem of trying to kind of define themselves and as a, as a team on the rise, but not quite at the the top top yet. How do they get uh, how do they get attention? And and so we we get into that, and then it goes off into a lot of different areas, which I think you're going to find really interesting. And that's what the next episode, episode fifty four, is about as well. Different coach, same type of conversation. For this one, you're about to listen to. I will. Uh, apologize in advance, both our audio uh, on our side as well as the coach's audio is a little bit uh, scratchy. It's a little bit hot. And so uh, if you can bear through that, we've tried to make some some adjustments to it. But if you just bear through it, the information and the conversation is really, really good. So we're going to start with it there. We're going to kick that off and hope it helps. Enjoy this conversation with a coach going over the issues that they're dealing with. And hopefully this is something that will answer some questions that you might be dealing with here in the summer as you get ready for another recruiting year. Here's our conversation. Hi, Dan. Uh, So quick question. Uh, We had our best year ever on the court this year. Uh, Conference champs went to the NCAAs, uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, Yet this was our worst recruiting year I've ever had. I, we had more kids on campus than we normally do, um, be, because I knew that we're recruiting a different type of kid this year, um, but none of them said yes. Uh, typically, we get about one out of every three that we have on campus. This year, we didn't get any. Um, when a recruit tells me they're not coming. I always ask them, uh, send them a survey or whatever about why. Um, What I heard back this year was that a bunch of them did not want to take a chance that they would be sitting on the bench because we're a very young team. And others had said that um, they wanted a more established winning culture and we've only had that for a couple of years. So my question is, how do I deal with 
that same level kid that we currently have that's not willing to sit the bench or compete for time, they would rather kind of have it handed to them. And how do I get that next level player to say yes, even though we're not established yet? Right. Yeah, you're in you're in that weird zone of you're not at either extreme. You're not a complete rebuild where a a kid could come by and um, and uh, and just you know immediately get playing time. Right. And then the other thing is that you're not um, you're not at the top, and so there's maybe not a willingness to wait because hey, you're a you know you've been to the national tournament and um, and you know it's it's obvious that they would want to play there just because to be a part of that program would be would be incredible so you're in that that weird middle area and that's <laughs> yes. I, that's the hardest that's <laughs> the hardest point um uh to um uh, to, to really maneuver as a recruiter i mean as a coach too it's tough but mm-hmm. uh but but also it's um it's just it's a uh it's just a it's just a tough place to be as, as a recruiter. So let me, let's break it down a little bit. I guess the first thing would be when when you're hearing this objection, uh-huh. is that from a variety of you know, basically all the kids that you're that you're um, that you're hearing from, like the top ranked kid versus you know, an A kid and as well as a C kid? Is it in other words, is it across the board that you're hearing that objection? Uh- it, it's mostly our A kids. Uh, be, being honest, we did not recruit many of the C B level okay. kids this year okay. because we had so many returning. Got it. Uh, our our objective was to try to take that next step, but also make sure we have kids in place in case somebody gets injured and it can push our current group. Right. Okay. All right. So for a for a top kid, let's look at what's in it. For them at a Division three program, that they probably have options. They they probably yes. have other you know other schools looking at for them, and and let's also say that a lot of those could be uh, higher level, like either walk on a Division one or a solid Division two offer, or just other right. well performing Division threes. Okay. Um, so the thing that uh, that you're going to have to focus on is making the decision more than about soccer. In other words, the soccer part of it should almost be secondary and and, and have that as one of the starting points. Because when you do that, I think in your sport especially, um, it's a, um, and I'm not sure why I said soccer. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> That's okay. Volleyball, soccer, round ball, yeah, all good to go. <laughs> okay. Um, um, but... Uh, when when you're recruiting and you have a top kid, they are almost mm-hmm. trained in, in all those sports. I mean, ironically, soccer, basketball, volleyball, most sports, what are they hearing from their club coaches, their high school coaches, personal coaches? They're hearing, if you do well at your sport, you're going to get a scholarship or a chance to play in your sport. And so everything that they've grown up with has become a sport decision. Um, they know that they're supposed to choose a college for the education, and you probably have heard that too. That you know, yep. even these good kids, they'll 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 repeat back the lines to you that you're, <laughs> that they're supposed to repeat repeat back, which is, you know, I want a good education. I, you know, I'm looking for friends or opportunities and all the things that that they have been trained to say as as a, a high school prospect. Right. 
So what you're going to have to do is, is almost from the start of the conversation, retrain their thinking or at least introduce two other concepts into, um, into the conversation, which we know from our research are big decision-making points. And those two things okay. are this, is that you need to go to the place and play where you feel most connected with the team and where you feel most connected with the coach, whoever that is. Okay. So, uh, so you know, make it, which it in loosely has to do about their sport, but, but see, the, right now, from what you've said, they're looking at their sport from the standpoint of playing time, which is yeah. what they've had to understand of, uh, you know, up until this point is if I want to get good, I need to be on a high school team or on a club team where they're good. Right. And 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 where I get to play because that's going to get me to my next you know achievement, which is the, the college opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that whole world is what they focus on, which is sometimes playing time. So what you're going to have to do is redirect it. And again, I want to go to two areas where we focus on their emotions, where we focus on feelings, um, because ultimately. That's how you're going to hear them make a decision. Right. I, what, what I fully expect, Coach, is that at some point, let's just say, when when you're in the upper third of your conference, or you make postseason, and you even maybe start doing some things nationally, regionally, mm-hmm. what you're going to start hearing then, after you you know, get out of the middle and now you're at the top, is, well, gosh, you're so good, I don't know if I could play there. Right, and we, um, we ran into some of that this year. Sure, which is that's a sign that your program is going in the right direction. And right. at the other extreme, if it if it was at you know let's say you were at the bottom and it was a complete rebuild, mm-hmm. um, coaches in that situation are going to most likely hear, "Well, coach, yeah, I could play right away, but do I really want to play for you guys <laughs> because right. yeah. you're not very good?" Yeah. So that, that so, was a few years ago. Sure. So and, we're and good. <laughs> congratulations on Thank getting you. you know past that point, but. But what I guess I'm saying is that you see that at each point, they're referencing back to, in their minds, they're referencing back to playing time because that's their world. That's what they've had to manage and look at and talk about this whole time. So my first suggestion, again, kind of going into the, the uh, idea that, that uh, you have um, those two things to focus on, focus on making a decision where you feel most connected with the team and then most connected and, and in line with the coach, um, I think you then make the statement that the one thing you should never do is choose a college program based on what the coach tells you your playing time would be or what you think the playing time would be. Okay. Now, so again, let's go back to their world. Their world has been, if I'm not getting playing time in my club or in my high school, I might transfer high schools. I'm, I'm certainly going to switch clubs. Right. And that's their solution. Well, now they're entering a space where they know that's not as easy to do or if it does... If it is going to happen, it's going to be inconvenient to them because they're going to have to, you know, uproot themselves and plant themselves, try to find another college. So they understand at least that, that it's not going to be as easy. What you have to do is redirect their thinking and basically say, you're thinking about this decision wrongly. Now, you, you know, you say this in a nice way, but, but basically, hey, I, I understand how you're looking at this, but it's not the same anymore. You should not... And I would, you know, based on my experience as a college coach, I would not choose a program based on what the coach tells you your playing time is going to be or what you expect or forecast your playing time being because it almost never 
works out like that. So I'll, I'll stop there. Questions okay. about that concept um, that I just laid out? Um, I, I like that, and we, we do some of that. And okay, um, good. I run into a, a lot of coaches that are making promises that I know that, that I know they can't keep uh, right. because they're making the same promise to ten kids. Sure. sure. Um, so and, and, uh, and coach, that's exactly why. And I'll just jump in and answer that sure. quickly and address it. Is that that's why I insert the line. No matter what you're hearing or what those other coaches are telling you, here's reality. Here's the truth. Okay. And so because of exactly what you run into, which is the other coaches are over-promising. Well, right. what happens is that the kids that you're recruiting, the kids that they're recruiting, don't know that they're being over-promised. Right. Um, so they're, you know, who doesn't, as a young athlete, want to hear that you're good and I think you're going to start, play as a, you know, play as a freshman. Um, they just, of course, they, they want that. Right. And so, so your job is to say, hi, here's what I know you're thinking, but look, I'm going to tell you reality. And, and what that does, Coach, is two different things. Number one, it establishes trust with them in this sense, that you just told them something that potentially could hurt you. I mean, you could be, they may have to have this second-guessing happen with you, too. Well, here's what Coach told me, A, A B, and C, or they showed me one, two, and three on campus. Is that really how it's going to be? Um, because he told me to, to, you know, to really question it. Well, we want that. Right. And so that's number one. But it builds trust because if you're telling them something that potentially could hurt you, um, and you're telling them something that, again, using the phrase, based on my experience as a college coach, mm -hmm. here's what I would recommend. Um, it's, I, it, we, what we've seen is that it builds trust. It's more okay. believable. Um, so what you... Anytime you face a coach that's over-promising something as a competitor, um, what you would hear from us, what we would tell our clients is we need to politely redirect that thinking and politely tell them, here's why it's wrong and here's how you need to think about that. And the okay. last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you finish your, your question from five minutes ago, <laughs> is that is that when you do that, if you take a big picture view, mm -hmm. what you're trying to do is redirect their thinking. This is all about saying, I know you're looking at this, making this decision based on playing time, but it's wrong. And, and look, we're talking about playing time now. This whole concept could also be used for, um, for location, for a kid that says, I just don't know that I want to go that far away from home, or okay. I don't know that I want to stay this close. You're only 40 minutes from my house. My parents are going to be here all the time. I don't know <laughs> if I want that. And so what you're, you're having to do is to say, here's how I know you're looking at this. Here's how you should look at this. Because okay. kids tend to focus on one or two or three extreme things that they view as, here's how I have to choose my program, and it's usually never based on reality. Right. So what you have to do as somebody who's been through this before is go through and um, and redirect that thinking. So okay. that was my quick sub you know answer halfway through your question, but <laughs> I don't know if you want to continue that thought or that that question. Actually, that was uh, a excellent response to the question that I that I had. Um, I guess the only other um, part I would have to that is that when we're recruiting directly against that other coach that's making those promises and they're more established already 
uh, where most, where most do I in terms of their record uh, or in history? terms of both of those not okay. not necessarily record I mean we had we had one of the best records in the country this year but as a established program that they've always been in the hunt okay. where we're brand new right right well again um, I think there is great power in you offering up the idea that you know what uh, let's just say let's, before I answer this let's just say that sure. your team your program's strength right now one of the strengths is the fact that you are on the rise and you can at least have shown evidence that you can compete at that level okay so so let's just take that as a as a you know as a, uh, a plus and that that's that's reality I think there's great strength in you saying look based on uh, you know, as you make this decision, you should not make it based on where we finished or where somebody else finished the last couple of years. Because the reality is, we all have the opportunity to go to the postseason now. Us, that school over there, this school over here, we all have the okay. same chance. Um, so anywhere you go, you're going to have you're, you're going to have the chance to compete deep into the postseason. So, so I'll stop there and back up a second. Okay. What you've done when you when you do that, Coach, is you have now, I think, made the attempt, or at least made the case, to equalize you and the other program. So, so for instance, you, this whole thing came in with you saying to um, to this prospect, or the, I'm sorry, the prospect saying to you, "Hey, this other program has a better history." And right. the immediate thing that most coaches want to do is, well, we got to beat that. we got to find a way to be better than whatever that other school is promoting or saying or, or demonstrating. And I don't think you do that. I think the okay. important thing is to get them to agree that it's equal so that you're not better than the other program on the field or on the court or in the pool or whatever your sport is. It's important to equalize, to say, look, okay. you choose us, you choose them. Either one, you're going to have a great chance of going to the postseason. Now, you know, over your four years, we might trade places in the standings. They might win one year. We might win the next year in the postseason. But basically, you're going to have the same chance. Okay. Um, so what you've done is you've equalized you and the other program, which then what we find just psychologically in the mind of most recruits is it takes it off the table. It sort of checks that box to say, okay, competitively, from a history standpoint, you know, school A, school B, they both have that. So we're in a tie. And when you are approaching a school from behind, and that's sort of, as you've described your situation, described some of these other competitors uh, that you're dealing with, um, mm -hmm. you, um, it, it sounds like there are things that, from a perception standpoint, they come in better at. Um, right. Especially with regards to history, you know, longevity of that history and so on. Let's right. not try to beat it. Let's try to say, look, I, I see why you would like them. Um, okay. Just to let you know, we're, you know, you might be able to say, you know, out of, out of three games, we beat them two, or we beat them once, and the other one was really close, or, you know, you'd be able to prove some history maybe that, you know, we're close. Um, so basically, you know, either program is going to give you the chance to win. Okay. Um, so again, it's a way to take that off the table. Same thing, let's go back to distance from home, because mm -hmm. a coach might be listening to this and saying, well, it's not so much history, but I, we're so far out of the way that, you know, we lose kids to, to other schools that are closer to this big city maybe that we draw from. So let's say your school is four hours away for most good prospects, and the other one is 
three and a half hours or three hours or two and okay. a half hours. I think you basically can make the point that, look, you're far enough away, you're only going to go home for breaks. You're only going to probably go home um, for, you know, for special occasions. Mm -hmm. And we're basically the same distance. So in either case, you're, you're going away from home. So in either case, you're I mean, it's basically the same okay. thing. Okay. Now, because again, when they're going through the recruiting process, they or their parents are probably looking at records, looking at history, looking at, well, that one's only two and a half hours away versus from home versus this one's four hours away. And they're, they're nitpicking all of these little things that quite frankly, they never look at again in recruiting or once they're an athlete okay. they never consider them but but we can't help that they they are looking <laughs> at them while they're a while they're a, um, a a prospect so what you have to do in as many cases as possible is address them as equal that you know that um, you know we're um, you know we, we are equal to them uh, let, let me talk real quickly academically because you find okay. a lot of schools and you're a division three school and so um, and in your part of the country, you had Division three schools that are um, probably, for you as a Division three non-private school, mm -hmm. um, you're, you compete sometimes with Division three private schools that are taunting or you know, touting their education and Correct. their you know, academic credentials and where they finished in U.S. News and World Report and so on and so forth and, you know, everything. So... You know, it, it works the same there. Is that hey, you're looking at us, you're looking at that school. That school over there is fantastic. I understand why you're looking at it. A lot of kids that played for me, that, that play for us here, and even go to school here, also looked at that school. So I understand why you look at it. But just to let you know, you know, when it, and maybe zero it down to their major. Their major, um, we get you know, X percent of kids that go on to grad school from from here almost as well as they do at the other school. So. For your major, either school is going to get the job done, and you know it's going to net you network you with the right people. So, I guess what I'm saying is, in every case, you try to take that objection off the table and just say we're equal to them. Okay, we're equal. Um, because let's just say there's four different things that you were able to do that with with a typical recruit, but you were able to say you're going to like me as a coach better and I'm going to do a better job proving that I want you here and we're going to connect better, number one. And number two, you're going to love the guys or the girls on my team much better. Um, and that's how you should choose the school is where you feel comfortable. Okay. So if it's a four-way tie in all the other categories, but you're the coach that has said, here's what you should focus on and I'm going to prove that we're the best at it, I, in many cases, I think you're going to win. Okay. Perfect. That sound makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I guess the the other follow up question that um, uh, that that I would have um, is on the academic side because I brought that up and I know in your yes. email that you sent me you brought that up as well about you know yep. sort of the academic objection that we touched on. Can you go through some of the academic objections that, as a state Division three school, mm -hmm. you would um, you would hear or face, or some of the things that you hear prospects and their parents bringing to you as an objection about that? Sure. Uh, well, the big one is our retention rate, uh, which is bad, mm -hmm. and I'm being generous. Uh, but a lot of that isn't true numbers. Uh, because we still have a large number of two-year programs, even though we're a four-year school. 
So a kid comes in, graduates, gets a job, but they count against our retention within the NCAA. Um, so I'm finding sometimes when they're looking at us and another school, similar academics, likes both coaches, our retention rate is 50 points lower, they eliminate us. Right. Um, this was truly the first year I dealt with that a lot. Okay. Um, and I think, again, that's because of the the kid that we went after this year, you know, 25, 30 schools were recruiting them, not two or three. Right. Sure. Sure. And, and so, you know, when it comes to that, um, they're probably looking at school-wide retention rates and staffs that they could get from, you know, different websites, different right. ranking services and that type of thing. What I think you then bring it down to, in that case, is mm-hmm. your team. Right. And so, that's, uh, mm-hmm. let me stop yeah. there. That's what yep. we do when I can get to that conversation. Right. But what, what I'm finding happening now is that my pool shrinks before I even get to have that conversation because the moment they receive something from me or I talk to them at a tournament, hand them a card, they jump online, do their research, cross us off before I get to have the conversation. Okay. So how do I, and I know that brings up a whole different line of questioning, uh, but how, how do I overcome that readiness of information on their cell phone yeah. two minutes after I talk to them. Right, right. Well, um, you actually, in a way, answered your own question. Let me just get you to think about this for a second. Okay. Is that So what, the facts that you've stated are that you don't get a chance to explain what we just talked about explaining to them. Okay, okay. So, so they're they're making some very quick assessments, which we hear and and uh, and uh, and understand about recruits is that when they begin the process, they sometimes are trying to whittle their list down to something manageable. In other Correct. words, they don't they don't necessarily like the fact that they have 20 schools that are looking at them because they know they can't manage that. And it's fun to get you know be wanted that much, but from a right. practical standpoint, you just can't do it. Correct. And so, and so, what they end up doing is saying, "Okay, we need to narrow it down." So, how are they narrowing it down? Well, they're using random facts and stats like you're, that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they are talking about, um, you know, the fact that um, I heard two very common tiebreakers that we talk about a lot in the workshops that we do, or even clients that we work with. We we talk about the fact that they're Two of the main tiebreakers are, are we hearing from the head coach? In other words, does the head coach know who you are, and are we getting recruited by the head coach on that team? Okay. Number one. And number two, um, have they talked about a roster spot or an offer or anything financial? That tends to be a draw. Um, okay. So beyond that, what they're making these decisions, like, and they're, they're pulling out these random facts as a way to make decisions. So what I would say, and why I said, yeah, I think you may have somewhat answered your own question, is if you're, if we know that they're pulling out the random facts, you don't have as much time, and they don't give you the time to make the case, 
then I think in that first conversation, whether it's an email, a letter, a phone call, whatever it is, uh -huh. I think you very simply and very directly go straight to those points. Maybe this is your first contact message that would say, you know, look, hey, we saw you play, at, you know, here and here, love what we saw, I'm writing to let you know that we're going to start recruiting you. Right mm -hmm. away, here's what I want you to know about our program here. And then you go into the bullet points, and I mean, as simple and as direct as possible, state the fact that, you know, let's just talk about maybe some of these facts that we've just been talking about um, or going over. Number one, um, you know, we're, we, we're a rural school that takes a while to get to um, uh, from, you know, this major city. Um, mm -hmm. That's a huge advantage to our players and our students. You should want that, and as we talk, I'll explain why it's such a huge advantage to you. Okay. Number two, um, we're a program on the rise. So we, you know, when I took over as coach, we were down here. Now we're here, and we're we're you know gunning for these top four or three spots in the conference. You're going to be joining a team that you know has the potential to, and my expectation is we're going to be in the postseason a lot. You know, over the next you know, over your four years of school here, so okay. you know, I can't tell you that we're any better than other schools, but we're just as good as as you know most of the best schools in our country, and we're getting or in our part of the country, mm -hmm. and we're getting better. Okay. Um, number and number three, um, you know, uh, you know, for, you know, you know, our our players love it here. Um, we have a ninety percent retention rate. You know, ninety percent of our players, or whatever the stat is, right. um, end up completing their degree so I'm a coach that makes sure our players get their degree and and if they want to go into grad school then I'll we'll help them all we can there as well okay. so that's what I want you to know right away and then and then let's have the conversation because you know again if we if let's compare that to what most coaches send out which is a lot of random facts about the school Right. Um, much too polite much too you know <laughs> hey we're you know we're a great place we would love to have you visit us and as you just outlined, Coach, if you're that mm -hmm. polite and that sort of arm's distance, you're not going to get them. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you're if you're a, a D1 that's offering a full ride, different story. Right. But as a smaller school, or even if you know a coach is listening to this and they are Division One school, but they're not you know at the top, um, or they're not competitive, there's just really no brand definition of them. You're going to have to give them reasons right away as to why they should zero in on you and keep you in the conversation. And that's the other thing is that we're not saying, here's why we should be your number one choice yet. All right. we're saying is we want to talk. And I think once we okay. talk, it's going to be, you know, we're going to, um, you know, we're going to be hard to say no to. Okay. So that's how I would approach that part of, I guess, of the objection or uh, or the conversation. So cut it off before we even get to that point necessarily. Well, if, if we, in, in this conversation, we both agreed that they're making their own decisions. They're, right. they're making them based on sort of ra irrational random thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we can let that continue to happen, and most coaches do. Um, but what I would suggest for you, um, as I would for any coach, is... Step in and firmly, confidently, professionally mm -hmm. say, wait, I understand. Here's how you're thinking about it. I get that. Most kids think about it that way. Completely wrong. Here's how you need to do this. Okay. Because at the end of the day, Coach, they're looking for somebody to guide them. We talk right. about this 
all the time is they are they crave somebody guiding them and in a sense when that other coach at the other school says well why are you looking at you know school x over there they're you know 40 points behind us in retention rate mm-hmm. well that coach has told them okay so that's that's wrong i i, I shouldn't do it that way so they're very again most parents and kids that are going through this process as a family are actively searching for somebody to guide them actively searching for somebody to say here's how to do this and the one extreme that we usually bring up is when you have a kid that you are in the conversation with mm-hmm. and um and they like your school they visited like the kids on your team think i might want to come back i'm certainly going to apply coach yeah it looks good you're in the conversation and you know they're taking other visits but and having other conversations with coaches but we're in the game that's good mm-hmm. and then one day you get the call say hey coach you know i, I really do like your team the best um you know totally answered all my questions about the major and you know i realize it's not as far away from home as i thought so i like a lot about your school and that's why it is so hard to tell you coach that right. i just committed to go over there and you wait a minute what what why'd you do that well yeah. when i went on my visit the coach there said I had to make a decision or else they were going to fill my roster spot with somebody else. So, right. you know, I had to make a decision. I, I, I didn't want to tell them no. And and for most coaches listening, there's been a version of that that has happened heck, just this past recruiting cycle. <laughs> so the reason that that's happening, again, going into the psychology and the psyche of a recruit, the reason it's happening is because they're waiting for a coach to tell them, here's what to do. Here's how to do this. And so again, whether it's as you're writing, as you're, as you're defending a record, as you're explaining why they should um, take you seriously, in each case, it stresses the importance of you as a coach explaining to your prospect, here's how you should think about us. Okay. And that's, the, that's, I think, the biggest thing that... That all this circles back to all the messaging is always really about here's how you should think about this, and if you do that, it's going to be really hard for them to prove you wrong because again they're listening for direction, they're listening for advice. So you're going to have they're going to have to wait for another coach to say, well, no, they're wrong. And most right. coaches again don't do that. Most coaches are very passive from a language standpoint and from mm-hmm. guiding because I think they feel like. I don't want to force them into a decision. I don't want to trick them into coming here. And my response to those coaches is that, Coach, your school costs thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. You cannot trick somebody into paying that much money. They're not. They're, you're not going to trick them. What you're doing is you're justifying. Here's why we should be at the top of your list. And right. so, if you do that confidently over an extended period of time, not mm-hmm. being impatient, not needing a campus visit right away, right. then those types of things end up working out um, working out well. Not in, not in every case, of course, um, right. but uh, but in in most cases. Okay. And and we do that here. I mean, I've um, followed you and and have requested your help several times. And we we do make um, roster spot guarantees promises right. I, I you know when they're on their visitor whenever we're ready um and normally that works out great but this year it just um uh, it did not right um so oh, yeah. one one last question if yeah. you don't mind Absolutely. 
right now I'm using a trick that you taught me 15 years ago I'm going to go with. It has been. Yeah. Uh, where and, just for, and by the way, just for people that are listening to this in the mm -hmm. podcast form, um, I've been to your campus at least, I think, three times. Yes. And really, uh, you know, great school, I think, cool location, um, but it is a way. It's, I mean, it's a drive yes. there. It's a destination place. You're not going to just <laughs> happen to drive by your school, absolutely. You, but You you do not. Yeah. You do not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, of course, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, it's all good. That's my special. So, uh, that's all right. So, uh, many years ago, when I was actually at a different school, uh, you told me about this trick of first contact where I would send an email or leave a message that was very vague. Uh, hey, saw you play it, blah, 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 loved four things about you. If you'd like to know what those four things are, give me a ring. Right, right. And then, and then move on. Um, do I add this other information to the bottom of that, or do I leave my first contact alone and when they call or email me have this conversation yeah no i think i think that the version that you're using right now gets down to this it's it's really you're building curiosity right and i think that's such an underutilized uh um, asset that most coaches just don't understand that they have because again if so here you are in a school that is maybe not a destination school you're a division three there's no athletic mm -hmm. scholarships and yet, I as the, the athlete, uh, of course I want to know why you like me. I mean, and, there, and there's other ways that you can do that as well throughout the process. Right. But at first, look, I want to know what you liked about me when you scouted me. So I absolutely want to know. It's an easy, that's an easy message for me as a high school prospect to get back to you and say, hey, coach, thanks. Yeah, I'd love to know what you liked about me. Okay. Um, again, as I probably brought up at the time and as I've, you know, joke around with with a lot of coaches you know at the start they don't really care about you it's not like they're anxious to know everything they are they, they can get uh, you know their hands on about your school whatever that school is um they are looking for why do you like me what, what do you think right. i am good at because they're looking for that validation as okay. to hey do you think i can play at this level so you're giving that to them and then i think on that follow-up to say you know you can start to make your case that look, there's going to be a lot of a lot of options that you have, and I want you to look at all of them. You know, you're a good athlete. Um, maybe they tell you they're getting recruited by some upper division level schools or schools mm -hmm. that offer scholarship money, uh, or just more prestigious academic schools. All those compliment them on that and say, I, 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 that doesn't surprise me because that's the type of player that we recruit here and that ends up coming to play for us here. They're really smart okay. kids who could probably play a level up. But we at our school can give them way more than most schools can. Or okay. we, because they're, you have this upper, you know, a D1, D2 caliber kid come in uh, and they come to our school, we can give them way more than those other schools can. Which again, right. it's sort of counterintuitive. How could a smaller school give them more than a Division I school? Well, right. you talk about freedom and balance and time yep. to actually be a college kid. They never think of that. So there's all these things that they, you almost have to deprogram them. When they're coming into the conversation with you, who's been doing the programming? Mom, dad, right. their friends, 
ESPN, their club coach, their <laughs> private coach, and all those all those people are not usually saying, "Hey, yeah, you need to take a look at a variety of schools," or you know, "Here's how to make the decision the right way." How what are they hearing? They're hearing certainly from their club and high school coaches. If you're good, you know, you might get a D1 scholarship. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, we have coaches that are listening to this that are D1 coaches, so I'm not saying that that's a bad choice. I'm just saying that. That if you're if you're not at a D one, you have to make the case as to why you're a good option. And right. you know this is a this is a dogfight for the best recruits. And and so that's I think how you how you make the case is through curiosity okay. and through patience and taking the long. You, you need to look at this as not a sprint but as a marathon. This is something that I don't need to win until the very end. So. I don't need to talk right away about coming to campus. I don't need to talk right away about proving that we're better than everybody else. Or t- or I don't need to tell them everything they need to know about us as a you know as a um, uh, as a school right away or as a program right away. I have okay. time. Most coaches don't follow that rule. Most coaches try to cram everything in at the start. You got to come to campus and most that's not the way any of us operates in our life we want to get to know somebody usually before we make that jump into the idea of of coming and visiting campus and so just be patient but again i love the fact that you're using curiosity Mm -hmm. um you're not overselling the school or your program and i'll bet that because of that you get in conversations with kids that were you to do it the more traditional bland boring way you'd never be in conversations with them right so keep that Keep that up, and, and, and then as a follow-up, then start explaining, jump into the, you know, well, here's the, you know, here are three things I want you to know right away about us, or okay. here's the ways not to choose a school, and, and because then I think it, it just, again, you're not sounding like the typical college coach, and most coaches, even the ones that are listening to this, unfortunately, approach recruiting in all the same way, and it starts to, after the five, fifth, sixth, seventh phone call, or text message or email that a kid gets, they all start to sound the same. And okay. you know, if you're in the top one percent of the BCS, you know, <laughs> uh, Division One conferences, yeah. and you're coming off back-to-back national championships, you can afford to be bland. I'll give you that. Right. <laughs> you, you have permission. But for the other ninety-nine percent that aren't there, you have to be creative. You have to. Okay. You have to create curiosity and the reason that they should want to talk to you. Sounds good. Don't don't tell everybody about the uh, unique way to contact first contacts though. <laughs> I don't want everybody else using that. The, your the whole secret. Yeah, no, it's not a secret. I know you've shared it. Uh, well, we usually we sometimes do at at workshops that we do on campuses. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess that'll be my little uh, subtle plug for doing <laughs> workshops on campuses. <laughs> Because there are things that we only talk about there that obviously you've heard. And listen, compliments to you, Coach, because I can tell just through this conversation that you're you're somebody who listens to information, tests it, and then keeps using it. And I think for most coaches, we get in front of a lot of coaches, whether it's at a sure. convention or on a campus or or they just read our stuff and we don't have any direct interaction, but they just they read it, but they never try it. And so right. what you are hopefully have discovered is that, and listen, not just us, but you could, there's plenty of just sales and marketing books that you could read or mm-hmm. blogs and podcasts you could listen to that have very applicable uh, advice. 
if you don't try a different way to do it, you're gonna you're not gonna have the you know any different results. And right. if that's fine, if that's good, if you're happy with the results right now, that's that's fine. But what I like about what I've heard from you is that you've taken information that's now 15 years old <laughs> and applied it. You've seen it work, and you've adapted around it, and you're trying to now build off of that. And again, so how does a coach? I, we always get asked, hey, Dan, I'm new in this position, or I just got a chance to be a first-time head coach. How do I build a great program? Right. Coach, you have demonstrated just in, you know, this is a very tiny sliver of the way that you approach building a program, obviously, but you've demonstrated that you're a coach that looks for different information. And so the reason I'm, mm -hmm. I'm complimenting you and the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is that for any coach that's listening, this is the thing that... I wish every coach would understand is that you grow up being a coach and how did you learn to be a coach? You learned it from your coach probably. And how did you learn recruiting? Well, it's usually the way that you were recruited. Right. And nothing has changed much for the last 30 or 40 years in either of those either of those ways. So, for whenever I hear a coach that has taken information uh, that is research-based and change because it's a hard thing to do as a coach sometimes to change the way you're doing it one way and now you're doing it another way i agree um, with that so compliments to you but but for the other coaches listening this is how you build a program this is how and you know you've outlined it the coach that you were you took over a program that was at the bottom and now you have it on the rise now you're in the middle and again now you're actively thinking now, okay, so I'm seeing some different things. How do I now approach this as I start to get to the top of where we want to be? Right. And that's exciting. That's whenever you see a coach do that, because it is so rare, that's exciting. So I'm glad that, that the information has helped, but I'm, I'm even more glad that you've had the courage, and I don't underuse that word, <laughs> the courage to make the changes, because as you know, it's not easy. No, and thank you. I, I appreciate it. And I'll make a plug for you that, um, I have been doing this a long time, and every single time we have talked, emailed, or had you up to a school that I've been at, I have learned three or four or five new things that have always helped. So thank you. Wow, that's great. Well, uh, so where you are right now, great place. Um, talk to your mm -hmm. athletic director. Get us back on campus next year because there's new stuff that we're talking about that would help. <laughs> and that oh, and that's that's yeah. our plan. I, I know our AD has already talked to us about it. So. Awesome. Well, tell him I yeah. tell him I said hello and I will. Uh, and and we would I would I would love a uh, a return visit because it is a, a cool little place that you get to be a coach <laughs> in. Uh, it's gorgeous and uh, you have a lot going for you. So hopefully you. Um, hopefully th all the momentum that you've gathered uh, it continues. I, I hope so. I truly do. And uh, I do love it here. So thank you again. I appreciate all your time. Wow, great conversation with that coach. We really appreciate his willingness to open himself up and just ask questions. So hopefully some of what we talked about applies to you. And if by chance it didn't, hey, there's good news, coach, because we have another episode waiting for you just right after this one. Episode 54 is another conversation with a coach, and we hope you jump right over and listen to it. It's all about making you a better recruiting coach this summer as you prepare for the upcoming year. So great conversation. We appreciate you being a part of the, po the uh, podcast audience. 
and ask you to always say good things to your fellow coaches in your department. Tell them about the podcast so that we can get as many people listening and as many voices as possible being a part of this. Have a great day, Coach. Get to Episode 54 right now, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.